Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. God is calling each of us to level up, to progress in our faith, generosity, love, and leadership. Unfortunately, we often find ourselves stagnant and coasting, and it can be difficult to find the motivation to go to the next level. In this message series, we're learning how to level up in our faith and what's at stake if we don't. With that, let's turn to Pastor Nate and part one of his Level Up series, Worth It. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are actually kicking off a brand new four-week message series that I have entitled Level Up. I believe there's something that's hardwired by God into every single one of us that wants to see progress, that wants to get to the next level to improve. I think that's why little kids are so excited to go from SK to grade one, to grade two, to grade 12, to university or career. We love to progress forward. We love to see all of that happen. And and over the next uh, four weeks, what we want to talk about is how we can actually level up. How do we level up in our faith? How do we level up in our love and generosity? How do we level up in our relationships? How do we level up uh, in all these different areas? And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Uh, this, uh, this word, this phrase, level up, really means to progress to the next level. I'll never uh, forget when I was a little kid, I was introduced to a video game system called the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, it had the gun and the duck hunt. Some of you remember that. And I remember the first time I was watching uh, these these kids playing this game and they're running around with Mario doing all these cool things. And I thought, oh, I want to try that. And they handed me the remote and I started, I think it was like level five or six and I instantly died. I just, I couldn't handle uh, the level that they started me at. And I was really discouraged. And the older kid that was there said, oh no, no, hang on. Let's take you back to level one. And I started at level one with Mario and I was running around and I learned to jump and I learned how to control them. And I learned you could jump on a mushroom and go down a pipe and jump over trouble. And uh, eventually uh, I got through level one and I jumped on that little flag. And some of you remember that da, 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 da. And I remember that feeling of accomplishment. Like I had completed the level and I was leveling up in level two as you might imagine, was a little bit harder than level one. But eventually I succeeded at level two and went on to level three. And then I succeeded at level three and I'm hooked now, addicted. Level four, level five. Eventually I got to enter an entirely new world and swim underwater. And, and this is the nature of video games. It gets harder as you progress through the levels. And, and I guess what I'd like to suggest through this series is that uh, so many things in life as we level up, they get harder. And sometimes as we're leveling up in our faith, in our relationships, in our generosity, uh, we run into um, walls. We run into plateaus. We we stop making progress and we get tired and we get frustrated. And sometimes we, we quit leveling up. We, uh, we become uh, okay with the status quo and we just begin to, to glide and we just begin to coast. And so what I want to talk about over the next few weeks is I want to really... Uh, encourage us to, to get shaken up, to consider what it would take for us to go to the next level from wherever uh, we are at. And, and I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians uh, chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is saying so, so much. He's encouraging the church in Philippi, and he wants them uh, to know a number of things. But I love what he says here in verse 1. Paul says, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me, 
and is safe for you. So what Paul is going to say is everything that we're going to be reading in just a moment is reminder. I'm reminding you of stuff you already know. Uh, My wife and I have four kids. Uh, Two of them are now technically adults. And I say technically because sometimes we still have to follow them around and remind them that their dish doesn't go on the counter or beside their bed. It goes in the dishwasher, right? Their backpack at the end of the day goes in the closet. Your shoes, they don't, they don't belong in the middle of the floor where everyone is tripping on them. And so we remind them of things that, of course, they already know. It's not just a kid problem. My wife has to remind me sometimes that recycling cans and boxes, they don't go on the edge of the sink. They go in the recycling box and, and she'll point at it. It's just like, what's that all about? And I'll just say, I don't know how that got there. Uh, You have to be reminded, and you have to be reminded. And we all, I mean, we come to church not to learn something new every week, although that's nice. It's nice to learn new things. Most of us come to church because we need to be reminded of things we already know. God is faithful. He's calling us higher. He wants us to love our neighbors and forgive. We know these things, but it's not the Bible verses that we don't know that are causing us problems. It's the Bible verses we don't do. And, and I, the idea here is that we need to be reminded constantly. And, and Paul is going to remind the Philippians, and he also reminds us, that, that uh, our life is not about us. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about others. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about all of the things that he has called us to. It's not about us. It's actually about Jesus. And Jesus should be the central aim of our lives. He should be the one uh, that is in focus as we walk through this life. He, he explains this to the Philippians, hey, you're going to be tempted to make everything about you, what you do, what you want, but ultimately it's about Jesus. And in verse 8 he says, indeed, here's how Paul uh, addressed this issue. He said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul's like, I, everything I have, I, I set it aside for Jesus. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Paul says, I'm willing to put aside my reputation. I'm willing to put aside my comfort. I'm willing to put aside my money. I'm willing to put aside everything that I have to know him more, to pursue Jesus, to make him the center of my life. That's, that's pretty crazy. I don't know how many of you could say, I don't. I know I can't say that fully, that I have set aside everything for Christ. I'm working on it. But Paul says that. And then a few verses later in verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained or I'm already perfect. Paul acknowledges that even though he's done so much for the gospel, even though he's, he's surrendered so much to Jesus to make him the, the center and Lord of his life, he's like, I still haven't arrived. If you're watching this with somebody, I want you just to turn to them. And just look them in the eyes, really important that you make eye contact. And I want you just to say, I haven't arrived. And, and I want you to notice something in their eye that they're not surprised at all. They, they know that you have not arrived, just like you know you have not arrived. But well, Paul doesn't stop there. He continues. He says, I haven't obtained this. I'm not already perfect. But he says, I press on to make it my own. Paul says, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping at the level I'm at. I'm going to level up. I'm not stopping at the maturity I'm at. I'm going to become more mature. I'm not stopping at this level of generosity, care, and love. I'm going to the next level. I'm pursuing it, and I'm going to make it my own because Jesus has made me his own. 
He said, the reason why I'm not stopping is because Jesus didn't stop for me. He gave everything. And I'm going to make it my aim in this life to not just be comfortable in my Christianity, in my current level of spirituality, but I'm going to keep pressing forward because he didn't stop for me. That's what Paul uh, says. You know, if you're listening to me today and you've been a Christian for a while, um, there's a temptation for all of us who've been Christians for a while uh, to look back at some of the sacrifices we made in the past and go, look at what I did. (laughs) I gave so much. I served, I spent 15 years teaching Sunday school. I preached sermons. I led a small group for five years and nobody was grateful. We can look back and go, look at what I've done. I grew to a certain level and we go, that's enough. But in reality, there's more. God is calling us to take a step. He's inviting us to um, the next level. That's why he says um, this. He says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward. Notice this phrase. Call of God in Christ Jesus, the call of God. I believe that no matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter where you are in your spiritual maturity, no matter what level you're currently at in your generosity to others with your time and your money, that God is calling you and he's calling me higher. He's calling us higher. Now, I believe wholeheartedly that God will meet each and every one of us exactly where we're at. If you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with you. If you find yourself in the pig pen, in the mire of your own sin, God will meet you there. He'll forgive you. He will love you, of course. He will meet you in the pit of depression, in the pit of of addiction, in the pit of I ruined my marriage, in the pit of I disenfranchised all my friends and pushed everyone away. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, he'll meet you there. But here's the beautiful thing about God. He loves us, he accepts us, but he won't leave us there. He calls us higher. He says, son, daughter, take a step in my direction. Come up from where you are. Take one step in my direction. And he invites us to level up. That's what he invites us to do every single day of our lives. Our God who loves us says, come a little higher, come in my direction and level up. Uh, You know, at Pathway Church years ago, uh, around uh, about this time, 14 years ago, uh, Pathway Church was a dream and a vision in my heart and in my wife's heart and in a small team of people. And it was a bunch of words on a page in a binder. That's what Pathway Church was at the time. It was a dream, it was a vision, and it was some words on a page. And when we had to pick a name for this church community, we specifically chose the name Pathway, uh, not because it's unique. There are apparently lots of other churches named Pathway. Just search them online. All right, They're, The name isn't unique, but the idea was just captivated me that faith isn't just a decision. I believe in Jesus. That's a good decision, but that's just a decision. I believe that faith is actually a decision to actively follow Jesus. And so then faith is something that we live in every single day. It's not something I did five years ago. It's something I do today and tomorrow and next month. And that every single day as I walk with Jesus, I'm going to hear his voice in my mind and in my heart saying, Nathan, come a little higher. You can, you can love your wife better. You can lead this church with more grace. Hey, Nathan, I need you to step up in this area. And he leads me, and I surrender and follow. This is the idea of of what we had in mind when we gave the church this name Pathway, that we don't just make a decision and we're in. That's great. But that we continue to progress, that we continue like Paul to say, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm making Jesus my aim, and I'm moving in his direction. 
In Ephesians 4, verse 15, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him, into Christ, who is the head, into Christ. All right, the starting line for every single one of us is wherever we are. But the finish line is Jesus. He's what we're aiming for. The finish line of Christianity isn't coming to church regularly, although that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. It's not giving some money and being generous. That's a, that's a part of following Jesus. It, it's not serving. It's not getting into a small group. All of these things are steps that we take in our pursuit of loving Jesus and loving others better. They're not the goal. The goal is Jesus, to grow up into every way, into Him who is the head, into Christ. So, here's where we're going in this series. If Jesus is the goal, if being like Him is the goal, and none of us have arrived, and Paul hadn't arrived, you and I haven't either, here's a question. Why in the world do we stop progressing? I don't know how many of you are listening to me today and you just feel stuck. Maybe you feel like you've you grew, maybe you came to faith in Jesus and you grew like crazy for a few years and then you've just been coasting for a decade. Or maybe or maybe you, you learned some hard lessons relationally and you kind of got your relationship into a good place, but then you just stopped and you're just circling around the same problems, the same issues over and over and over again. You just feel stuck. You feel like you haven't made any progress in a long, long time. Why do we stop progressing? Why do we go so far and then seem to hit a wall or a plateau and just can't seem to go any further? And I think the answer to this question is is quite simple, and you probably already know it, but I'm going to remind you because that's a good thing to do. I think the reason why we stop progressing is because leveling up is hard. And you know that this is true. I mean, leveling up is hard. I would say that whatever God is calling you to level up in, it's not going to be easy. It's never easy. Uh, leveling up is hard. But here's, here's the other part of the truth, that even though leveling up is hard, the truth of the matter is, it's worth it. Leveling up is, is worth it. If you were to think back to the things in your life, whether it be your faith, your finances, your family, the things that you are most proud of are probably some of the things that were the hardest for you. The things that have brought you the most reward and the most joy in your life are sometimes the things that almost took you out, that almost made you quit, but you persevered and you got through to the other side. Some of you maybe uh, decided or were coaxed into leading a small group and you thought, oh, I don't think we could ever do that. And you went in with fear and trembling. And now a few years later, you're confident that you can do it and you've seen life change in other people. Or some of you maybe at one point thought, oh, I could never give money away. I'm so tight and strapped. But you took a step of faith and started to give some of what God has given to you back into the kingdom. And you realize that God actually blessed you and that you could do it and that you could do more. And it's, it's those difficult decisions that are hard in the moment that are the ones that we look back on that mean the most, that bring us the most joy. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I was actually away in Peru with my younger brother, and we went uh, into the mountains of Peru to see Machu Picchu. And while we were there, of course, we arrived in the city of Cusco, which is over 11,000 feet of elevation. And uh, while we were there, uh, we read lots about altitude sickness. And when you go from a low-lying area and you go to live in a high-altitude location, there's less oxygen. And it can be hard to breathe, especially if you're doing exercise. And they, they warn that you should take it really easy for a few days to acclimatize. And, of course, both my brother and I have the last name Blay, which means um, 
It doesn't mean take it easy, I tell you that. So the first day we were there, we were so excited, we hiked up a mountain. And after about uh, 10 or 15 kilometers of walking up hills, uh, we discovered that uh, it actually is really hard to breathe at altitude. And what was interesting about this climb is uh, as we started up the mountain, our breathing was labored, out of breath. It was like, I don't think we can make it. And we stopped and we took a break, caught our breath. And every time we turned around and looked behind us, there was this incredible view of the mountains and the city. And we thought, that is amazing. Then we climbed higher. And the higher we climbed, and this is, this, is, this is true of leveling up, the higher we climbed, the harder it got. But there's something else that's true. The harder it got, the more beautiful the vista. And the higher we got, the more we could stop and take in. And at the end of the day, we felt such a sense of accomplishment that we had pushed beyond our boundaries and accomplished this incredible thing, hiking up the mountain, and then paid for it for a couple of days, not feeling well. So, you know, it's an analogy. Follow, follow with me. All right. So the challenge here through this series is I want to invite each and every one of you who's watching uh, with us online. I want to challenge each and every one of you to take a bold step of faith. And I'm not going to pick it for you. I'm going to invite you to ask God, hey, God, what is the area of my life? What is the thing that you want me to level up in? And then when God shows that to you, you take the step of faith to do something that I I hope a year from now you'll look back and say, that was really hard, but it was worth it. That was really hard, but it was worth it. And that's my hope for each and every one of you. Uh, One of the things I've noticed, uh, like this hike, is when we begin to progress in a direction, it, it gets harder and harder the higher we go. And this is true in life. It's a, it's a principle um, that I've heard of. It's called the law of diminishing returns. Maybe some of you have heard of this law in economics, but it actually applies to a lot of different things. The law of diminishing returns can be defined this way. It's a principle stating that benefits gained from something will represent a proportionately smaller gain as more is invested in it. Uh, let me give you an example that all of us uh, can understand. Exercise. For those of you who've exercised in the past and done lifting weights, one of the things I've noticed is that when you start an exercise program, uh, you get what is often called newbie gains. So uh, the amount that you can lift as your body adapts goes up really, really rapidly. So I got got a dumbbell here, you know, and so maybe the first time you go to the gym, you can only lift this dumbbell five or six times. What happens over time is your muscles adapt and get stronger. And maybe instead of five times, after just a month, you can lift it 15 times. And if you could continue to progress like that for 10 years, you'd be able to lift an elephant. But of course, what happens is the law of diminishing returns. The more you exercise, the harder it gets to make gains. And so somebody who's a professional athlete, right, who's been doing it for a decade or more, they might spend the entire year and invest hundreds of hours and bands and chains and all kinds of different equipments and techniques to make a three or 4% gain in their strength in one year, which seems crazy. It's the law of diminishing returns. The higher you get, the harder it is uh, to make progress. This, I think, is one of the reasons why so many of us only progress so far. Another example, years ago, I picked up a Rubik's Cube, and uh, my first goal was just simply to learn how to solve a cube. And it took me a few weeks um, here and there working on it, and I, I figured out the pattern to, to solve it. And it would take me three, four, five minutes to solve, depending on, on how it went. And then I made it my goal. I said, I want to get down to a minute. And I worked at it, worked at it, learned a couple techniques. 
And after a bit of time, I was able to solve a cube in less than a minute. Then I decided I wanted to solve a cube in less than 30 seconds. And the amount of work that it took to learn how to solve this in less than 30 seconds was four or five times greater than the amount of time it took me to solve it in less than a minute. And I did eventually reach my goal of about 25 seconds for a solve, but I did some research and I learned that if I wanted to get that down to 10 or 12 seconds, so if I wanted to half that time again, it might take me a year of training every an hour, every night, learning new patterns, learning new techniques. So the amount of effort for the amount of progress. And I said, you know what? 30 seconds is pretty good. And I said, that's enough for me. And honestly, I believe that for so many of us, we run into this law of diminishing returns. So let's say, for example, we're growing in our faith, we're growing in our leadership, we're growing in our love, generosity, and we get to a level where we're like, this is good enough. I give enough, I serve enough, I love enough, I'm good here. And we just kind of cruise. We get into maintenance mode. And what I want you to understand is that God is calling us to level up. He's calling us to progress. And and honestly, it is, it's a lot of work to make very small incremental progress, but it's worth it. Every single time we move in his direction, it is worth it. So I want to invite you throughout this series, once again, to pray and ask God, in what area of my life are you calling me to take a step to the next level? In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about generosity, the things that we give. We're going to talk about serving, the time, attention, and love we give to others. We're going to talk about obstacles, the things that get in the way of us progressing to the next level where God wants us to be. But let me get practical for just a few minutes. Number one, you need to understand that progress is personal. One of the biggest mistakes you can, you can get, if you go to the gym for the first time, you shouldn't be looking over at the bodybuilders and the powerlifters and comparing your lifts to them. Because if you do that, you're never coming back. You're going to be so discouraged. Years ago, I started lifting with Adam McEnroy, who's the, the chair of our board. And for those that know him, he does powerlifting and strength training. And I remember the first time I went to the gym with him, I watched him squat over 500 pounds, you know, just, I just pushed it out and I couldn't squat, you know, 150 pounds. And I, I took a picture of him and I photoshopped my face onto it and I sent it to my brother and I said, look at the progress I'm making. He didn't, he didn't believe it at all. He, he knew uh, those weren't my skinny legs in the picture. So the, the point of the matter is we shouldn't compare ourselves to others. What we should do, though, is compare ourselves to where we were. See, you, you shouldn't compare yourself to the generosity of somebody else or the leadership of somebody else. What you should do is say, where was I a month ago and, and how have I improved and leveled up by God's grace? And you go, oh, look at this. There's some progress for me. When you go to the gym... You're lifting against what you did a month ago, not what somebody else is doing. So it's personal. Progress is personal. And the goal as we go through the series is not for you to become like me or someone else, but for you to improve you, to grow in your faith, to grow in your love. So stop comparing yourself to others. Here's number two. Stop making excuses. It is so easy, it is so easy to make excuses, to look around and go, well, that person does all that stuff, but it's because they're retired, I can't do anything. Well, that person gives money away because they're rich, and I'm poor, so I can't do that. Or that person is so kind, but it's probably because they had an easy life, not a hard life like me. So we make excuses uh, for uh, ourselves instead of saying, what can I do? How can I level up? Here's, Here's number three. Find your why. Find your why. What I've discovered is uh, I'm willing to do a lot of hard things if there's a good why behind it. 
I've done some things for my family, for people I love that I probably wouldn't even do for myself, but there was a why there was something I cared about on the other end. I, I started off by talking about how, you know, we follow our kids around, telling them to put their bag away to tidy up and put their dishes away. But I, I've noticed that if their friends are coming over or someone that they really respect is, is going to be in the area, they naturally start cleaning up those things. See, it's not that they forgot what they were supposed to do. They just didn't care enough. And if we're honest, I think we're all the same way. It's not that we don't know what we should do for the people around us. It's not that we don't know how to treat the people we live with. It's not that we don't know that we should be generous and caring and loving and forgiving. It's that we don't care enough to go to the next level because it's hard. And so we just find that place of equilibrium where it's comfortable. So finding your why matters. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul writing a separate letter to the Corinthian church says this, This is his why, why he's willing to suffer, why he's willing to travel, hardship, poverty, all of it. He says, it's all for your sake. It's all for your sake. You know, as we talk at this church about giving and serving and loving and small groups and all that stuff, it's easy for all of us to look at those things through our lens. What do I get? Oh, if I give here, it helps the community or get a nice building. Or if I join a small group, I get community and and that's fine. But what happens when we begin to do the things we do for others? So when we give, when we serve, when we love, we're not doing it for something we get, but for the people around us. When our why becomes something bigger than just ourselves. Paul says, it's for your sake that I'm willing to go through these hardships. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Paul says, my why is you. My why is God's glory and his kingdom and eternal things. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about his people. It's about the mission. That's why Paul was willing to do the things that he did. So why do we give? Well, we give because it's the right thing to do, sure. But we give because we love the people and the community around us. We give because we want to make a difference for eternity. We serve others, not just because it helps us meet people and we're doing our part within the church. We serve because we love the people around us and we love the kingdom of God and we want to see them encouraged and strengthened. We forgive, we love, we pray, we bring meals, not for ourselves, but for others and for God's glory. That's why we do it. And if we have the right why, we'll be willing to break through the barriers that are stopping us from getting to the next level. Uh, Paul continues, he says, so we don't lose heart. In spite of hardship, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And we don't lose heart. He says, though our outer self is wasting away. Paul's like, my body's getting old, it's getting run down, I've been whipped, beat, shipwrecked. My body's breaking down, but he says, my inner self is being renewed day by day. I want to talk to those who are listening who are a bit older. And if you're older, um, sometimes it's easy to make the excuse to say, well, I'm, I'm old, I've done my part, I, I, I don't have the energy level I once had, and that's probably true. The body does waste away, it does get weaker, but that doesn't mean that your spirit has to get weaker. In fact, we can continue to progress in our faith, in our love, in our generosity. We can continue to level up long beyond our bodies. And so that's really, really important uh, that we are reminded of that. Verse 17, Paul says this, and and here's where we'll wrap up. He says, for this momentary affliction, this difficulty I'm experiencing in this life is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory 
beyond all comparison. Paul says, I'm willing to, to go through some hard things in this life because I'm not just looking at this life, I'm looking at eternity. I'm thinking about others, I'm thinking about God, I'm thinking about the future, and that's why I'm willing to sacrifice in this life, because I'm laying up treasures in heaven. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're passing away. They're gonna, the, the house I live in, the car I drive will rust, the, the dog I own will eventually go. Like everything is short term, it's transient, but, but we can be part of something that is eternal, which is people and God's kingdom and our love for God and others. So that's what he says we focus on. Those things that are unseen are eternal. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be asking two questions. And if you will take these questions home, pray about them, meditate on them, think about them as you're going through your week, these questions will help you find what you care about most. And, and here's, here's the question, the first question I want to ask. In what way is God calling you to level up? I would be amiss if I uh, stood up here and I told everyone that God's calling them all to level up in one area. Every single one of us is unique and everybody's growth journey is personal. I believe, though, that in the silence, as you pray and ask God today, he will put his finger on an area of your life where you were once progressing and you've just flatlined. And maybe because it was too hard or maybe because you got discouraged but there is an area in your faith, your love, your generosity, your journey, your service to others, your whatever it is that God is going to put his finger on and say, here's where I want you to go to the next level. And then once you see that, the next question to ask is, what is at stake if I don't level up? Maybe we could actually say it differently. We could say, who is at stake? Who is at stake? Because here's one thing I've known. Every time I level up, it has a direct impact on my family, my friends, the church that I'm involved in, the people in my circle, everyone. When I get better, everyone around me is impacted. And when I don't, when I'm struggling, when I'm stuck, it impacts everyone. And sometimes the thing that I need more than anything else is to be reminded of why. Why why am I stuck? Why don't I go to the next level? Why am I not listening to the voice of my God saying, Nathan, come a little higher? So in what area is he putting his finger asking you to level up? And secondly, who or what is at stake if you don't? I want to pray for you and invite you to just take these questions with you through the week. And we're going to continue to dive into them into the weeks ahead. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person uh, listening today as we gather online. Lord, I believe that you are calling each and every one of us to level up in our love, in our generosity, in our faith, in our trust, in our ability to forgive. God, you're calling us to level up. And sometimes it's just hard. And so we give up. And God, I pray that you would give us the strength but also help us to see what's at stake so that we would see that you gave it all for us and that we can give a little bit more to you, that we can take our faith and our love and our generosity to a whole nother level. Give us the wisdom to see what's holding us back and help us by your spirit to have the strength to do what is necessary to break through to new levels. And we pray this in Jesus' name. 
Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what He is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.